0: From the early history, from the very early history, literally from the start of developing Noble Ape up until, I don't know, sometime probably around 2007, I sent a monthly email out to anyone who had subscribed to a mailing list to get updated monthly information associated with Noble Ape. And it was an interesting organ because it gave an opportunity for me to constantly try to improve or describe what I had developed in Noble 8 for the month previously, part of longer term projects. So to take some examples, the movement from Apple's previous, what was called classic user interface to Carbon took about 18 months. So every month I would produce a mail out explaining what new stuff I had done in that month to move Noble 8 forward. And this was a technique that I utilised, and who knows? I mean, honestly, I'm not sure how the mail-out was read. I'm not sure if it was read at all. In fact, I always found it curious when I'd meet people who had been on the mail-out list, and they're like, what's going on with Ape currently? I haven't heard anything about Ape for a couple of years now. And you're just like, "Mm mm-hmm, okay. So, this dwindled down when I started doing audio podcasts, when I started doing Ape Reality specifically, I tried to create an audio version of the mail-out, and I was never really sure how Reality was actually picked up. But after a period, obviously, I wasn't going to do a written email version and then also an audio version. So I decided, well, I'm just going to do the audio version. And then after some length of time, and I remember because I had probably... We'd moved into our second apartment in Las Vegas, which means it was 2007 through to about 2009, and through this period, eventually I stopped recording audio as well. I mean, I went from the mail-out, which was a long-time tradition with Noble Ape, through to doing the audio and then just stopping doing the audio. And I remember specifically because it was around the time that Bob Bottram was first getting involved with Noble Ape and he and I recorded a couple of podcasts and then things just petered out with regards to this kind of communication. I still have the developer mailing list and the developer mailing list has always been a rather curious group of folk. I mean, there are people on the developer mailing list that have been on the developer mailing list for about 12 plus years now. There's a group of people who really are just very curious. I went back and looked at the developer mailing list yesterday because I posted an update, including a link through to a long funk recording, maybe a couple of long funk recordings, in fact. So I've been thinking about this organ thing that is Noble Ape and the efforts that I put into it and the fact that I'm still spending between one and two hours a night working on Noble Ape. But it is solely a kind of monastic thing that I do because there's no meaningful way of communicating a lot of this to the broad user base. I went back and read in 2015 what the emails were on the developer mailing list and I was talking at the time about creating a JSON interface for Noble Ape. I kid you not, literally four years later, the thing is actually there. But four years ago, about four years ago, I was talking about starting this thing. And I was thinking to myself, what has happened in the past four years? Well, I know very succinctly what's happened in the past four years with regards to a bunch of nonsense. But independent of that stuff, I had to rewrite OpenGL because Apple stopped supporting OpenGL. And there was a bunch of other bits and pieces that just had to be done at specific times because specific people needed specific things like an updated Windows version, for example. So I do understand that there was a lot of stuff that's gone on in the past four years. My GitLab commits are a good indication of how much work actually goes into Noble 8. But none of this seems to be externally facing. It's still this monastic thing that I do. And people, you know, there's no community that is actively talking about this. When I sat down with Bob Mottram over, in his case, a couple of Guinnesses, in my case, I'm not sure what I was drinking, maybe Diet Coke, who knows, and a plate of fish and chips on either side... (laughs) this is one of the rare opportunities that I have to actually talk about Noble Ape in any extended period of time with anyone. I don't have immediate friends or anything like that that, you know, make discussing Noble Ape a thing of, you know, importance or, you know, discussive interest. So it is very curious looking back at the developer mailing list as being a place where at least there are some people that might have some interest in Noble Ape, but even there, I don't really feel it's kind of kindred spirit The building, recreating, moving forward, the passion that a community has is a very interesting and curious thing. And when I reflect on, I mean, even relatively solid, passionate groups around, you know, authors and things like this, these things are no longer active, right? So even the history of, like, long-term folk that have been doing a bunch of work that's considerably more popular than my work still may not have the following today than they had you know, 10, 15 years ago. It's a very curious thing, but I keep actually working on Noble 8. But I'm starting to think about this. Historically, there was on SourceForge a way where you could say, I need people that are interested in working on this and this and this with my open source project. I don't know if that exists anymore. I really don't get a sense of that. I mean, I get a sense that you create a series of means for these kind of people to interact with you. Maybe, you know, I don't know, Slack channels or what have you. But still, I continue to work on Noble Ape, and it is a monastic pursuit. So, what am I thinking about in these terms? Well, what's the notion of progress here? I mean, the fact that I was talking in 2015 about getting the JSON interface that I've only now just implemented, it requires a series of things. It requires not having Apple drop OpenGL, it requires not having a bunch of nonsense associated with. You know, Google and all these other things not being able for people not actually able to find my project. I mean, all these kind of things are new bits of nonsense, which have been added since 2015. But I think just through sheer effort, I should be able to gather a community around this body of work because it's an ongoing development. So the J something is about that in some very real sense. It is about creating an interface that enables people to actually start writing services in a noble ape community kind of language thing so to be continued but as I read through the developer main list and really I was looking back at the names the folks that have been connected so many of these people were I don't know just folks that had I guess some interest at some time associated with the project and not really you know a long-term nurturing interest and it's one of the common criticisms that I've had for other people people do a lot of stuff in the outside world Here I'm mainly talking about Bruce Damer, But unless it brings forth active, passionate collaborators that are, you know, assistive and these kind of things, it's very much like icing. It has very little nutritious value. You get a kind of sweet taste initially, but in the long term it's not sustaining in any meaningful sense. So how have I gotten sustenance over my monastic pursuits? I still think there are lots of really interesting questions there. I still think the software has a lot of really interesting things they're yet to be created and answered. And that kind of message, I don't know how you translate it to a modern world. I mean, I've created YouTube clips. I've gotten small bits of feedback associated with them. But the YouTube clips are in large part just a means of, you know, staking an existence against an intellectual property rights assault. So, yes, it's all very curious. But now what I'm going to do is actually start posting to the developer mailing list more frequently until it becomes annoying. I think that's the aim. Or at least maybe these people are already blocking it. So maybe the question of being annoying isn't even important. But what I am interested in finding is where one finds developers. Like where one has those conversations that I once had on SourceForge in order to get new people interested and involved. Because I think those kind of conversations are actually really important. And they've certainly netted folk like, you know, Bob Mottram and Pedro Ferreira and Riddle Pentapalli, all the previous names of people that have worked on the Noble Ape simulation one time or another, the folks at Apple and Intel as well. So as I'm used to myself through these things, I think it's a possibility for a long funk recording in this musing. And I don't want this to be necessarily negative. It's not negative at all. It's just an assessment of where things are currently with the view that I need some, you know, this is what I'm thinking about associated with how do I overcome this circumstance? How do I move beyond this current situation into something where, you know, people are actually actively interested in talking about this stuff? I tried to restart the Biota podcast recently and I put out to the listening audience, which I guess is no one, that maybe if they were interested, we should start collaborating again. And, you know, I reached out tentatively to a couple of people. But honestly, yeah, I can't even get a meal with Bruce Dahmer currently. So I don't even know what's going on with it. And the whole thing has been rebranded anyway. I mean, one of the most interesting things that has come up over the past three years is an active reflection of it every time... I put effort and energy into things other than things like model rail radio, where I actually do have some control of how this thing is created and managed. It's not all volunteer work. It's actively creating a community that I, in fact, in some regard define. But where I've worked with other communities, the International Game Developers Association, the International Society of Artificial Life, all these bits and pieces that I've done, all these tasks and things that i've taken on i mean the whole biota thing as it exists now i mean obviously i have biotapodcasts.org or whatever but you know the, the whole notion of biota is actually a, a project of of some legacy and some interest i don't know i mean <laughs> that whole thing is very curious as bruce damer kind of redefines it in a particular direction so Where will this thing end? I did want to put one thing out of the podcast, which I'm intentionally doing at the very end. So if you've made it through here, here's the special sauce that you are getting for listening to the end. I am seriously considering creating a Noble Ape Foundation, a charity, a charitable organisation around some of the principles of Noble Ape. For one point and one point only, a lot of my intellectual property that I generate is really solely surrounded by me in terms of maintenance. And my wife has said to me, if anything were to happen to me, she doesn't know how these things would continue on or really have any legacy or life. And when I think about mobile radio as well, it has a similar problem. But these things are very much things that I've devoted my life to in particular directions. And there's a sense, at least for those that know me and appreciate me very well, perhaps not my podcast listeners, but certainly some people out there in the community, that this stuff needs to be maintained in some form. And I think that has been the most cogent argument for the creation of a non-profit around what I do with blape. And then there's so much additional nonsense associated with non-profits, but I've been putting money for the past three plus years into the Biota Institute or whatever it is, Biota, the Biota Foundation, Biota as it was part of Contact Consortium, whatever it was, I've been putting money into this thing. And I think if... I can, which I, you know, need to work with lawyers and what have you, to put that money into something that was solely around preserving the ideas in Noble Ape and supporting it going forward in some future-facing thing with, you know, new and interested folk, perhaps even stipends. So, you know, people like Bob Mottram, for example, could have stipends to look at certain aspects of Noble Ape. I think all these things are really very interesting for me. And what I want to do is try to create some of this organically, before I just come out with this Biota Foundation thing. But I've got a lot of things running in parallel. Very few of them are narrated, actually, uh, in podcast form. But this is one thing that I wanted to put out, having lamented and dissected the failures of my stuff up until now. My general hope is that, you know, in a non-profit, through some degree of direction, and very well-defined direction, might I add, that this thing will be more self-sustaining. Well, it's been self-sustaining up until now, but solely through my own energy that it'll create something that's more self-sustaining. I did have one final point that I wanted to make. Oh, my voice is failing in the evenings. So this is a new phenomena, that my voice has just stopped working after about 6.30. And I think it's allergies in part. I live in an area where there is a cement works, literally a block and a half down, and we have constant runs of cement trucks that come up. So every surface, every external surface in our house, gets, you know, literally millimetres worth of cement dust. And my suspicion is that this has actually caused meaningful damage to my voice. I haven't seen a a medicine person, a medicine man. I haven't gone to the local shaman associated with this. But no, I mean, my suspicion is that there's something there because the allergies that I have now and the way in which my voice disintegrates or deteriorates in the evening is relatively unique. And it's something which I guess... I really haven't had the opportunity to test when I'm in the UK, but when I'm in the UK coming up, I'm going to test this phenomena and see if it is actually the location. We have various air purifiers and other things that we try to run to work through this stuff, but there's something that's really gone wrong with my voice, which is quite interesting recording podcasts (laughs) because you have the circumstance where the times where you would normally record podcasts, you can't record podcasts. Maybe people just get used to listening to Whatever comes out of my voice after about 7.30, which is very gravelly and probably actually really quite difficult to listen to. Appreciating feedback on this kind of stuff. Anyway, those are my thoughts this Wednesday evening.